Welcome to the Stony Brook Crossroads Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Doyle DeGraw. For more information about this podcast, our community, and other resources, please visit CrossroadsChurchSB.com. I know it's a, a small group of us this morning, but one of the things that I wanted to do was you know, today is the, the first Sunday of Advent, and I just love the fact that we were singing, Come, Lord Jesus, come, because Advent means, Come, Lord Jesus. The early church used to say, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. That was one of their very first prayers. And uh, one of the things I want to mention to you, Kathy came across this idea the other day, uh, reading something that December 1st comes up this week, starting, uh, you know, on Wednesday. I mean, Tuesday, the month of December starts. And so, question, how many chapters are there in the book of Matthew? 28. How many chapters in the book of Mark? 16. How many chapters in the book of John? 21. How many chapters in the book of Luke? 24. How convenient that is. So if you read one chapter of Luke every day starting December 1st, you will complete the Gospel of Luke on December the 24th which would be a great way to spend Advent, to take some time to read through that gospel. The other thing, and I'm going to look at one of the Psalms this morning, but this is a great time to, if you take December 1st and you read one chapter out of the Gospel of Matthew, and this is unless you have other reading plans you're already doing, and you choose to read five Psalms a day, you will complete the Psalms by the end of December and start the new year with all of that Bible reading uh, built up in your system. And then you could even add to it if you want to get more aggressive. If you read a proverb a day starting December 1st, you'll complete the Proverbs by the end of December. And what a great way to go into the new year. It's so interesting because 2020 was the year everybody was prophesying this is the year of vision and we're going to see more clearly. I don't know about you, but I don't think I see more clearly now than I did at the beginning of 2020. It's been one of the most challenging, uh, inconvenient years uh, in anybody's memory. And, uh, you know, it probably has clarified some things. It's clarified what really is important when it comes to life and friends and relationships, that's for sure. So anyway, what I want to do is have us look at Psalm 130. So if we can have that up on the screen. Out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits on on his waits on his wait a minute I typed that wrong where am I I wait for the Lord my soul waits and in his word I have hope okay I left out the letter D I couldn't figure out what that was verse 6 my soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning more than the watchman for the morning O Israel hope in the Lord for with the Lord there is steadfast love and with him is plentiful redemption and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Let me start with a statement. To be a human is to know trouble. 
You agree or disagree? That's for sure. And we know that we are in trouble because the other thing that's part of our human condition is we all experience suffering. All you got to do is start moving stuff around your house and you experience some suffering. I guarantee that. Eugene Peterson in his book that covers the Song of Ascents, which is these psalms from Psalm 122 through uh, Psalm 150, this in the middle of that section, he says, suffering comes from physical and emotional pain plus the awareness that our own worth as a people is threatened. That our own value as creatures made in the dignity of God is called into question. That our own destiny as eternal souls is jeopardized. We, we have experienced such, uh, um, uh, such an attack on our dignity this year. I mean, just th- look around for a minute. You're all wearing masks. I mean, it's so, it's so difficult to, to understand what someone is thinking because you can't even see a smile. I mean, unless someone has those little crow feet on their eyes. You know, you can't tell if somebody's smiling or not. And so there's been such an attack on our dignity. We, we're using words all the time like quarantine. You have to quarantine for so many days. Uh, how many of you have had, well, maybe I shouldn't have you volunteer this answer, but a number of you have had the COVID test. I've had two, two, two of them, maybe three of them. And how, how much trouble it is to have that Q-tip thing jammed up to your brain as they try to find a, a COVID problem in there somewhere. I mean, it is, it is not comfortable. And we've had so many things that we've had to deal with this year that represent part of our broken world. But as Christians, we know that a person... We are persons or people who decide to face and live through suffering with dignity and hope. And so with that in mind, I want to read you an excerpt from a book called The Scars That Have Shaped Me, How God Meets Us in Suffering by an author by the name of Anitha Risner. Anybody heard this book? Have you? you just, have you read it? Awesome book. Let me read you something. This book was born out of suffering. She says, my story begins in India, where I was born to Christian parents. As an infant, I contracted polio long after it was virtually eradicated. Because the doctor had never seen polio before, she misdiagnosed me and prescribed the wrong treatment. Within a day, I was totally paralyzed. The physicians in India offered little hope for my recovery and encouraged my parents to seek better medical care in the West. We quickly moved to London where I had my first surgery when I was two years old. By the age of 13, I had undergone 21 operations and had moved from England to Canada and finally to the U.S. Can you imagine? I lived in and out of the hospital for most of my young life and learned to walk, albeit with a pronounced limp, at age seven. So you would think, all right, she suffered plenty. Enough is enough, right? After suffering through school with bullying, she eventually... Uh, I eventually went to college, met and married a classmate. I had my first daughter. After three miscarriages, I became pregnant and eventually gave birth to a son born with a serious heart defect. you got to be kidding me. At two months old, he died as a result of a doctor's mistake. A year later, I had a daughter, Christy, and went on with life speaking on the comfort of God 
in the midst of loss. So she suffered plenty, wouldn't you agree? Well, several years later, I developed an inexplicable pain in my arm and was eventually diagnosed with post-polio syndrome. After years of adjusting to this new life filled with limitations, my husband of 17 years decided to leave our family. After my husband left, Vanitha writes, I eventually realized I could not face this trial without God. I finally poured out my heart to him and asked him to help me handle my losses well, to show me how joyful my dependence could look and to give me grace to deal with whatever I was given. And God changed everything. Not by changing my circumstances, but by lighting a path through the darkness. He taught me how to pray, how to ask, and how to receive. He gave me glimpses of His glory. He showed me how He is using my circumstances to change me, willingly relinquishing my need to have things exactly as I want is an act of worship. I want to read that last statement again. Willingly relinquishing my need to have things exactly as I want is an act of worship. How many of you like things to go exactly like you want them to go? Raise your hand. Isn't it hard to give up control? But that's exactly what we have faced this year. We've had to learn how to suffer well and learn how to trust God in the midst of our suffering. This is apparent in the Psalms constantly, repeatedly. And as I mentioned, this is part of the Song of Ascents. But Psalm 130 is in a list of seven penitential psalms. Penitential, meaning I just offer penance to God to say, God, enough is enough. Please set me free. And so I think all of us would agree at various levels that I can't take any more. I just don't want any more of this suffering. I don't want to have to face any more of this. And so listen to some of these psalms. And I don't have these for, for the screen, but just listen. Psalm 6, O Lord, deliver my life. Verse 17 says, I will give to the Lord thanks due to His righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Psalm 32, verse 5, I acknowledge my sin to you, and I, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Psalm 38, verses 21 and 22, Don't forsake me, Lord. O oh my God, do not be far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord of my salvation. Psalm 51 is in this list. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Verse 11, cast me now not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. In other words, Lord, I don't care. It doesn't, I, I'm facing so much suffering, I can't stand anymore. But would you please promise me one thing? Promise me one thing that in the midst of everything that I've lost and everything that I have to face, that I will not lose the presence of your Holy Spirit. Because I, I can make it if I have His presence. Psalm 102, Do not hide your face from me. Verse 2 says, Incline your ear to me and answer me speedily in the day when I call. And finally, Psalm 143, verse 11, For your namesake, Lord, preserve my life in your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble. Like I said, 
at all sorts of varying levels, all of you have suffered trouble this year. So let's, let's say it in unison. Bring my soul, Lord, out of trouble. Ready? Bring my soul, Lord, out of trouble. Now, you may need to say that louder, depending on the, ex- the extent of the suffering you've gone through this year. But let's say it again, and let's say it together even louder for one another. Because we need each other to help us through the trouble we've seen. Like the old spiritual says, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. But it's also nobody knows but the friends that have walked through the trouble and suffering I've gone through this year. So let's repeat it again. Lord, bring my soul out of trouble. Ready? Lord, bring my soul out of trouble. So back to Psalm 130, and if we can put that back up, Amy. The first four verses, out of the depths I cry to you, Lord, ending with, but with you there's forgiveness that you may be feared. It is anguish in the open. There is dignity and hope in crying out to God. No one should ever be ashamed of crying tears, crocodile tears, out to God for hope and deliverance. There is a dignity. There is a dignity for a Christian to shed tears and stain their mask that they have to wear in the midst of this season that we've been in. God is not put off by uh, our setting into setting our suffering squarely, openly, and passionately before God and saying, God, this is just not fair. That's why I read the story that I did this morning because this Vanitha gets hit with, bam! Lord, this is not fair. Bam! Lord, this is not fair. Bam! Lord, this is not fair. But after all of that, she's still able to say, I still have my dignity and I still have your presence with me so it doesn't matter what comes my way. It doesn't mean we sit back and say, okay, good, give me more. Let me have more. But it's, I, I know that if there is more, that I can make it through with my dignity intact and knowing that in the midst of all of that, His presence is always there. It's like Jesus talked about the persistent widow who asks and knocks and seeks. He says, ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. And there's an implication that this suffering is a result of sin. Not always because of our own specific sin, but we all know the suffering that's caused by COVID, the suffering that's caused by any illnesses we face, the suffering that's caused by cancer, is all a result of sin. We know that's true because of the painful story of the first couple. And the word that's used in this psalm for forgiveness is is the description of slicing off a persistent cancer. It's like God using a sharp, sharp scalpel to slice off just the the most delicate surgery that needs to take place. And sometimes it can hurt like crazy. Crazy. But out of His forgiveness to set us free of the impact of our personal sin or the fact that whether we like it or not, we live in a broken world, He sets us free. And He gives us a sense of dignity and hope as we cry out. There's also, in verses 5 and 6, 
I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. And in His Word I have hope, my soul waits for the Lord. And it's interesting using this poetic exercise of saying more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning, this style of emphasizing, Lord, I'm watching. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here until you show up. I'm waiting for you. And there is dignity and hope while we wait on God. Even though we know suffering is a mark of our existence, we also know that God is proof of how essential we are and how eternal our life is. Aren't you glad this morning that this is not the end of the matter? One of the, one of the persons in the class that I've been teaching, one of the assignments they had was to write some papers on a book called Blood Work that talks about the blood of Christ. And I should have brought her paper and read this, but I'll just try to remember exactly how she said it. She wanted to talk about the shed blood of Jesus and how Jesus brings redemption and peace and connection. And one of the things that each of the students was supposed to do was to write in the paper how that applied personally to their lives. And so this one student wrote that she lost her daughter. She said her daughter was ripped out of her hands two years ago in 2018. And what I loved about what she wrote was she said because of the blood of Jesus, we not only shared a personal DNA because our blood was the same DNA as she lived on this earth, but even though she's been taken from me from the earth, for eternity we share the shed blood of Jesus. And for eternity, we are bound together. Isn't that a great picture? It's a great picture. Isaiah chapter 40 says, Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings as eagles. And the picture of waiting is like the picture of a waiter who just stands at a table and says, Is there something else I can bring? And so the posture we take in the midst of our our troubles and our suffering, the posture we take is a posture of hope that says, Lord, I'm right here. I'm hoping on you. I'm waiting for you. More than the watchman waits for the morning, I'm, I'm not going anywhere because this is the only place I feel safe and that is to wait in your presence. Finally, there is dignity and hope as we experience the deliverance of God. Verses 7 and 8. O Israel, hope in the Lord. Verse 8, and He will redeem Israel from all His iniquities. You ever notice when you're going through a real difficult time that everybody acts like they're a specialist when it comes to suffering? And we all know that when we're really going through a difficult time, we don't need glib, trite, commonplace answers, self-help answers, as to figure out how to get out of the suffering or to make it through the situations we find ourselves immersed in. What we really need at the end of the day is hope in God. If we don't experience hope from Him, all the different ideas and techniques in the world will not work. Hope in the Lord. The psalmist put his faith and his hope in the Lord Himself not in the mercy or the redemption that God would bring. He looked at the giver before the gift. 
Charles Spurgeon said it really well. He says, cease looking for water and look for the well. You will more readily see the Savior than see salvation. For He is lifted up, even He who is God, and beside Him there is none else. You will more easily fix your eye on Jesus than upon justification, sanctification, or any other separate blessing. Providence, mercy, forgiveness, peace, understanding, wisdom, all of those are great benefits of knowing God. But they're byproducts of seeing God and experiencing God. And knowing that suffering is not alien to our human condition, but what it is, is we need to understand it. We, what we need is not to be alien to know where we are and where God is. We've all been through, through certain levels of suffering, especially this last year. And I think it's pretty obvious some have been through much deeper levels of suffering than others. But at the end of the day, we're still standing. And at the end of the day, we know the only thing that helps us make it is we know where God is, even in the midst of great loss and pain and suffering. And that's what gives us hope. We used to live, our parsonage, the house we lived in in Grand Rapids, Michigan, was next to a cemetery. And there were times that I would walk in the cemetery just to get perspective. There'd be these great big monuments, tombstones. And there would be a, you know, the, the birth and death of grandpa and grandmother and then father and mother. And then there'd be the kids. And it wasn't unusual to see a number of kids, a number of tombstones where there'd be you know, Sally, born in 1852 in October and died in December in 1852. Then there would be another one. And there would be some families that had three or four little kids that never made it past their six-month birthday. And I think, wow, that's, that's, a, that's a type of suffering that I know some people have gone through that I never want to go through. And I was thinking about this the other day as we were celebrating Thanksgiving. Just to put things in perspective, let me just read you this. In the fall of 1620, the Mayflower set sail for Virginia with 102 passengers on board. On December 16th, they landed in Massachusetts far north of their intended destination just as winter was setting in. This northern climate was much harsher than Virginia's and the settlers were unprepared for the cold season. Shelter was rudimentary, food was scarce, people lay dying. That winter, all but three families dug graves in the hard New England soil to bury a husband, a wife, a child. And by the spring of 1621, half of the pilgrims had died from a disease and starvation. No one was untouched by tragedy. And yet in the midst of their monumental losses, the pilgrims, at the end of the day, chose to give thanks. And because of that, we celebrate Thanksgiving. So as we cry out for Him to hear us, as we cry out for Him to forgive us, as we cry out and wait for His redemption, as we cry out and wait for hope, 
we remember that God loves us. Benitha says at the end of her book, I talk to God all of the time because I need His help and His perspective and His comfort. She says, I open the Bible and I just start reading it until I find comfort. She says, I remind myself that I'm not alone in suffering, but there's this great cloud of witnesses that have gone on before me. And I remind myself of God's faithfulness. I recite it over and over again. And as Samuel did, I plant these places, these markers, and, I, and they're called Ebenezer's, and I raise my Ebenezer as a monument to God to say, Lord, You were there with me in the midst of my suffering. I set my mind on heaven. And finally, I remember that this life is all about finding God even in our suffering. So I'd like to pray to finish up what I've had to say this morning and just pray that for us that have found God in the midst of difficult times and have found hope, that that would be strengthened right now. And for some of us this morning that are maybe wavering a little bit, um, there are some days I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of all of this COVID stuff. I hate what it's done. I don't like seeing the pain in Art and Gloria's eyes. I hate it. But I find strength in the fact that they're finding strength in their hope in God. And we keep walking together through those things. All of you have experienced different levels of loss this year. But we find our hope in Him. And I didn't mean this to turn into a heavy, somber sort of thing. But I think it would be good for us to stand up And um, I think this is legal. I think, doesn't the guidelines say we have to wear a mask and stay six feet apart, correct? Four feet? Okay, well, let's keep it eight feet just to be safe. Okay. Either or? So can I ask everybody to move a little closer together? Even with their mask on? Is that safe? Is that okay? If you're comfortable. If you're not comfortable, don't do it. But just be aware of the hope that the person across from you or near you, the hope that they need to have. And let's just extend our hands to one another right now and just pray for each other. Lord, we just pray for each other that you would increase our hope in the midst of a year that's been filled with confusion and frustration and questions and we got more questions than we have answers and so Lord we choose right now just to put our eyes right on you because that's where our hope comes from where does my hope come from my hope comes from the Lord it doesn't come from the CDC it doesn't come from Governor Cuomo thank God it doesn't come from any of those other sources my hope comes from the Lord and so, Lord, I pray right now you would strengthen 
you would strengthen our sense of your presence and that you would be as you would be closer to us than we've ever thought possible especially as we continue to press on in this broken world i pray in your name amen i think uh, we should clap I just had to say that. You should have just done that on your own. But <laughs> All right, just put your hands out. And let me just bless you with this passage that fits very appropriately from Mass, I mean Romans chapter 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him no matter what, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.